Welcome to Rocketman Explores, where we voyage forth and delve into the world of sci-fi. But wait a minute! Ah, that's better. So this season, we're going to be exploring alternate universes. What they are, how dark they can be compared to our regular ones, and just what kind of strange, wondrous, and terrible things can be found there. So come and join me on this journey, and we'll all go and find wonder and terror and strangeness together. Hello again, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between, and welcome to another episode of Rocketman Explorers. I hope you're all doing well out there in the darkest timeline, uh, keeping things together, doing what you gotta do, and yeah, thank you for joining me once again. This is the final episode of Season 1, and therefore the last episode where we'll discuss alternate universes. Uh, we're going to tie things up on familiar ground, but uh, not 100% familiar. For those of you who listened to the drink episode, uh, you've probably already guessed um, what it is we're doing today. But we're here with another non-Star Trek franchise. We're do jumping in to probably the most fantasy-oriented franchise that we've dealt with so far, and a truly beloved classic. Uh, we're jumping into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. A great one, and one which has all sorts of excellent things. And joining me to uh, delve deep into Buffy today is an old, old friend, our resident neighborhood Tribble, Alexa. Hi there, Alexa. How's it going? Hey, happy to be back for Buffy. One of my favorites beyond yeah. uh, Star Trek. A true classic. Yeah, this is one of the, the one of the, I mean, we're, this season is in Buffy is like peak. Like it's yeah. pretty good quality at this point third season's got to be one of my favorites it's yeah. like yeah the great villain great execution the whole just how the whole season flows is really really fun well, they also uh, like hit their stride with it being a show about teenagers in high school and then yeah. after that like they they struggled as do all shows that start off in high school yeah the the sort of the ticking time bomb of having that element to it tends to trip people up where it's like yeah. You know, there's only so long you can make this believable. It's like, wow, they're <laughs> they're they're still in high school. It's been like yeah. nine years, and they look like they're thirty. What's going on? <sighs> <sighs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, dear listeners, today we are, as you've probably guessed, we're doing season three, and we are delving into episode nine, "The Wish," which, of course, is where the demonic alternate universe within our television series Buffy is introduced. It's a pretty dark episode. Like, it has a resolution, but it's uh, the world that is created here is not a cheerful one at all. This is a particularly yeah. dark in which we see most of our main characters get killed over the course <laughs> of the episode. I hadn't watched this in God knows how long, and I'd forgotten how intense this whole episode is. Yeah. Well, uh, also, when I was rewatching it, I also picked up on the fact that, like, it, it's dark, like, thematically and content-wise, but they also, yeah. like... Normally with Buffy, there's points of levity and there's like music to go along with that. And, you know, she has some like jokes with the, the whatever she's trying to kill. And in yeah. this episode, straight through, it's very ominous music. In yeah. Fact. Like there's yeah. no level levity. There's no, you know, the no, closest we get no... to levity is, is Willow. Yeah, is sexy, sexy lesbian vampire Willow. To be fair, I don't think Willow is a lesbian. I think she's bisexual, like Vampire Willow, because she's all up yes. on Xander. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, is it? I guess 
yeah, you know, what's sexuality matter when you're dead? I mean, like, yeah. is it, maybe maybe she's just she's not lesbian or bi. She's just necrophiliac. Who knows? Difficult to say. <laughs> sure. Uh, I guess all, all vampires that, that sleep with other vampires are necrophiliacs. I mean, technically, um, <laughs> they're all dead, which actually, you know, so Buffy is as well, I guess, if you want to get go down that road. I guess, yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyways... Let's let's not let's not dig too far into that. That was just sort of a stray thought, which has far too many nasty implications involved. An unexpected uh, side turn. Yeah, well, you know, that's how it goes. But so <laughs> we we get here with um with Cordelia, and Cordelia is sort of rather rightly she's not feeling particularly great. In the last episode, yeah. she gets like she gets a friggin' like she gets impaled, and then rescued she gets impaled well isn't it that she gets impaled when she's trying to rescue xander and willow and then when they discover her when they discover them they're cheating on like it's uh cordelia and um it's cordelia and oz and they they rescue them and then they find them cheating on them yeah i I mean i i mean now to be fair to them the the moment is we are a hundred percent going to die this yeah. is it. This is the last thing. How do you want to go out? Well, we might as well kiss each other because we're going to die. Okay, but before you give them too much credit, at this point yeah. in, the, in the plot, like, at this point in the story, story arc, they have been cheating for That's, a while. This is so, true. So it's not, like, a single moment, you no. know? It's, it's, it's a single moment after, like, they were cheating, and then they're like, well, we'll just do it some more because we're going to yeah. die. And yes, and they both find them. And so not only did they find them cheating, but Cordelia also took like incredible physical injury in order to get them back only to find this. So yeah. she's she's not thrilled, uh, to put it mildly. She's not thrilled. Uh, I believe there, yeah, there's a shot of her like burning all the pictures of her and Xander while uh, listening to. Th- she's cutting them up first, and then she's burning them. Yeah, even better. <laughs> they, just to really, really bring home the point, mm-hmm. and um, sort of through a, a rather not convoluted, but she tries to get back to her old position, uh, her old like social position. It's not working out. Um, and, and she ends up going out and Buffy decides to go and talk to her. And, you know, Buffy's very sympathetic to their, to everyone's position, obviously. Like, you know, she's been friends with, uh, Zan- with she's been friends with Xander and Willow for decades. So she can't just sort of draw that back, but she's equally. Well, she hasn't been friends with them for decades. She's been friends with them for friends like for three years. Through, oh, that's true. It just <laughs> seems like years. it. It does seem, they've been through a lot. And, oh, and not not to throw off your your recap, but one thing yeah. that I did want to point out is that it I forgot how like when we first meet Cordelia, she's like the stereotype of the mean popular girl, but yeah. they really do some interesting like examination of of popularity in high school and how like abusive and and manipulative and like really toxic it is. And and in this episode, I saw that like when she's trying to get back with her old clique, and they're just so cruel to her. And even yeah. like the the popular boy that like was I think her friend at one point, and he basically is like, well, like I'll hook up with you in secret, but I can't do it in public because yeah, it'll damage my reputation. Lose. Yeah, it's it's like a dark examination of popularity and like what that means. And her encountering it now, she's encountering exactly what no doubt used to happen to plenty of girls when she was one of them as well. Like, sure. she, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, they're not they're they're not painting it. They're not painting high school like sort of groupishness in a particularly good light at all. And yeah, and that that works to continues on with this. And then even with Angel, they keep sort of working on her character even more. She she goes through a very dramatic change over the course of sort of this yeah. series and then Angel, like remarkably so. She's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, by the yeah by the end of it, she's completely different. Which I guess I mean is most people growing sort of coming from middle of high school to like you know several years out of it. Not everyone, but a lot of people end up like that. But it's fun that they take the character to do that. Yeah, uh, uh, she ends up deciding that rather rashly and not really like with any logic behind it. But she's just like, no, actually, the biggest problem is Buffy's existence. The fact that Buffy came to Sunnydale is what caused all this whole fuck up to begin with, and like, is the it, it, yeah, is the catalyst for everything terrible, and she need to get rid of her. And this is where we meet Anya, who in fact becomes a main character, becomes a main character, and becomes yeah. Xander's love interest. Yeah, sort of in a strange twist of in a in a strange twist. That's Anya, another character that they yeah. developed really nicely, and she turns into a very a very fun character. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah the the actress is great. She's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but she says sort of idly, Cordelia's like, "I wish Buffy never came." Anya turns around, full on demon, and is like, "Yeah, all right, cool," and bam, there we go. Cordelia instantly sort of wakes up, uh, switches over instantaneously. Now it's, it's quite literally a darker universe. They all yeah. wear darker clothes. The Even the is lighting darker. is darker. Everything's <laughs> darker. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the 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 literal representation of the dark universe. Yeah. Now, and of course, Cordelia is in a bright blue dress. Yeah. Okay. So, if there's a bone I have to pick with this episode, <laughs> it's that you know Cordelia's been living and dealing with these fucking things. For three seasons now, uh, she gets she switches over and she's like, "Oh, you want to go out at night?" And everyone's all freaked out. They're talking about memorials, dead people, and like, "Oh, we can't go out at night. What's wrong with you?" And she's like, "Oh, I wonder what's up with that." Surely she would be able to figure this out, right? Like, I don't understand how this is such a fucking surprise to her that the idea that like you don't go out because there's a bunch of vampires out. Like, what? I think- how? I think what they were trying to portray is that she blamed Buffy for all of that. Yeah. So she blamed Buffy for the existence of vampires. And so then when she wakes up in a world and Buffy isn't there, she expects the vampires to be gone. But that's the whole point of this this episode, right? Is that it, it, she has to realize that like Buffy is doing like a valuable service and how yeah. much worse it would be. So I think I think that I know what you mean. It shouldn't have taken her so long to realize, and like she does some very stupid things that yeah, she like, should know better. What is she's walking around at night in heels, like, yeah. oh, I wonder where everybody is. Like, come on. <laughs> but the thing with that, though, is like, okay, I have a bigger bone to pick with the school administration because if the students aren't allowed to drive their cars, yeah. then you have to have some sort of a system set up so that if someone is stuck there, like she was stuck there at like almost at sunset, you have to have something so that they can get home. Like, what is the school doing? Like, there's just some random janitor telling people like, better get home, like, best of luck. Like, I just, yeah, I know that she thought that she, her car was going to be there, but also where did everyone else go? Like, did she kill an hour somewhere in the school yeah. between when she saw people and then like went looking for a car? I don't know. Like, I just, yeah. I don't understand. But I, I, I mean, but I mean, if we're going to dig at that point, that at that point, 
if you're looking at the amount of body count that is clearly occurring in this town, surely, right, someone would be like, well, wait a minute. Like, maybe we should figure out what the fuck's going on over there and, like, yeah. send in the military or something. Be like, holy <laughs> shit, there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of people dying in a town of, like, thousands this as as it is just in the regular Buffy at a certain point, you're like, this really hasn't like brought up any strange things just like with like, you know, statisticians in the United States being like, wow, the murder right there is fucking enormous. Like what's going on? Much less. Maybe, maybe they're just making commentary on how yeah. inept and corrupt the U.S. government is. <laughs> Maybe I mean, that's what they're I, I, I mean, they're right that, you know, if you said it now, certainly I wouldn't put it past them and be like, yeah, no, they wouldn't notice shit, you know, or they wouldn't care. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter at all. But that, yeah, so. Maybe they're yeah. just pessimistic in all the ways. I, and I mean, you know, as the future has proven, they weren't incorrect. So fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Good call. Good, yeah. good, good future proofing there, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so we. So Cordelia is walking at night. Yeah. And we run into uh, Willow and Xander. Well, we uh, Xander first. Yes. And let's let's. I I just want to say there. This episode allows some of the characters, like some of the actors, the regular actors, to really show their acting chops. Yeah. Xander is not one of them. No. <laughs> no. No. I mean, I, I I mean, I can't think of anything else that uh, Nicholas Brendan has gone on to do. Uh, yeah, he just you know he just sort of like the rest of them play their vampire versions. Like Willow is is so good in the vampire yeah. village, but Xander is kind of just like a zombie. Like it, there's he just went for I don't know. He, it's just like a different take um, yeah. than Willow, and he just kind of seems. I mean, I think that he was going for like bored and emotionless. Yeah, I disaffected. Think. Yeah, but it just sort of comes off as a little boring a blank yeah, yeah. kind of dull yeah uh but yes and then we get willow the first the first look at uh the lovely vampire willow yeah she pops up um she and, and Van- is pretty upset to see that even in this other universe they are together <laughs> yeah exactly they're both dead they're both vampires and they're still together mm-hmm. and she's not thrilled about this despite the fact that they told her they're both dead she doesn't catch on that either of them are vampires, even though they're acting, as you say, like Xander's acting sketches all fuck. And then like Willow's vamping the living hell out of everything. And she's yeah. just like, oh, wow, you know, so see you guys. And then they make out. She's like, oh, no. And then, oh, and you're also vampires. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Boots it and gets some. Um, and yeah, Giles turns up and uh, saves the day. Saves the day. Giles and Oz. Oz and in Oz. this universe is also still a badass. And that and one character that pops up as like a like a minor character in so many episodes, like he I think he was one of the ones that wanted to make like a zombie girlfriend or something. Or like and then like later on he's like super homophobic because it turns out that he like is struggling to come out. And yeah. like he's just like he's he's I don't I don't even know his character's name, but he pops up in like the weirdest b plot yeah he turns out he, he turns up in a lot of uh yeah he turns up in a lot of stuff yeah, he's, and then yeah, a we, random girl that we've never seen that's the troop that's giles's uh little band of fighters is yeah that girl we never see in another episode i don't think i don't believe so he he this the, the guy actually doesn't he um pretty sure he he bites it at the end of season three right 
he's one of them. I don't remember him turning up in the future seasons. I honestly can't remember. I remember something about him. Maybe he was dead. Maybe he's part of, I think that he does come back at some point. I was like part of the dead crew. Cause there's a one episode of Xander hanging out and with like, de- a bunch of like a bunch of dead guys from, cause that one guy like brings them all back and then. Yeah, the it could have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the other ones are all stopping some like inter- like demon. He ends up and he ends yeah. up being like super like basically uh, calling their bluff and like being completely uh, with the bomb and like no, you know, I'm not yeah. afraid to die. You're obviously afraid to die. You're dead and you're still trying to escape it. Like I fear yeah. death less than you who are already dead. The whole thing and yeah, 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 yeah that one. So I think so. I think you're right that that character does die. But to be fair, even in the good universe of Buffy, a lot of those high school students do not make it to graduation. <laughs> no, no, they, they, uh, yeah, they, uh, not everybody, not everybody makes it. It's, it's a no. pretty high, uh, high recycle rate. Uh, but yeah, they save the day, uh, pick up Cordelia, uh, and they're like, "What the fuck were you doing out there?" And uh, she's like, oh, "You know, I like the continuity of this. Is we find out that of course all the vampires are there because the master is there." Yeah. The master with Buffy not having around did not get killed and he's basically the boss of the town. And I, I like that mm-hmm. they decided to bring it makes sense. Of course, yeah. if she didn't show up, he'd still be running the show. I like that they brought him back. Yeah. No, they did a really good job of planning out this episode of being like, okay, well, what would happen if Buffy hadn't showed up? And, you know, Angel's there because he was waiting for her, but he you know, he, he couldn't stop the master. And so now he's like being punished by the master for it. And um, yeah, yeah they, they thought it out really well. Yeah. And he's, and I, I'd forgotten how I enjoyed the, 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 the character of the master. He's more, he's, he's much more like almost campish than you would expect, but never in like a non-menacing way, but in a very like sort of affected way. I like, I, I like his characterization. He's fun. I didn't. I, I never loved his his fruit punch mouth. Like I never loved the stained mouth. That's yeah. one thing I did not enjoy about that character. <laughs> um, but uh, very soon after we see Giles's band of uh, fighters in the library, Cordy dies. Yeah, Xander and Willow were like, okay, talking the master and like, yeah, you know, she said something about the Slayer and he knows exactly what that is. And he's like, what the fuck? So it's like, go and take her out, obviously. Like, I don't know what she knows about it, but kill her ass. No, you don't see this coming. She's talking to Giles and she knows he's a watcher, which he hasn't told anyone. So that's where he gets his attention. He's like, whoa, okay. And then they show up and just fucking murder Cordelia. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, they, they murder her in front of Giles because they sneak up. And Giles goes to get yeah. his we- weapons because he thinks they hear something. And then they lock him in the little the little cage in the library. Which, like, good universe or bad universe. I don't understand why there's a cage in the library. They keep um they keep uh, Oz in there when he turns into a werewolf. But that, that existed before Oz was a werewolf that was I mean, just you're, you're, where he like kept his like really dangerous books but it's just like i've never been in a library that has a cage no you're right I, there would be a few i'd have a few questions for the librarian if you walked yeah. in and it's like oh yeah that's just my cage it's like well yeah. what do you what do you what do you do in there <laughs> huh? like, yeah. <laughs> i mean no you know most people keep that at home like okay <laughs> my but going back to this thing i also had a huge question of Okay, if we're in the dark universe, if the vampires have taken over, if they're yeah. running the town, and there's all these new rules, then, like, 
you would think that everyone, the rule would be go into your house or a house by sunset and then don't leave until the sun comes up and don't invite anyone in. Yeah. Because like you, you know that you can't be in a public space. But so why are they meeting in the library? Like the, the library, has a house. Like why yeah. are they not at Giles's house? I Correct. I don't understand. Correct. Again, yes, exactly. Like, like um, why wouldn't he have all of those books and all of those weapons in his house? I had the same question when I watched this. I was like, okay, well, you know, like, yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But here's where I want to go with this is that so in this universe, the mayor is still the mayor, but he like the vampires rule the world. So he's probably still going to ascend, but he's got no one trying to stop him because he's and he just lets them do their thing because whatever. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, maybe to keep the peace, he just keeps rezoning places. So, like, people's houses suddenly become commercial zoning, which means they're no longer, like, the invitation thing goes out the window because now it's not their actual house. And he's like, ah, you know, this month, like, I've rezoned the territory and now so now you can go in because the invitation. Now, whether I that makes like any sense, I don't I, know. But Okay, I, I, I don't think that that's how the vampire, like, rules work because vampires existed before, like, there were municipal governments. Oh, so of I course. Feel like I feel like the rezoning isn't what makes it. I think it's like the owner of the dwelling. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like so so it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter if the city like rezones your building and like if you still own it and it's yours. But also though that raises the question of the apartment. Like I think that it's just like if it's yours. It's where you if live. You, if it's where you live yeah. if it's your possession or like you're with the person like you're in a, you know, because it's all about the the invitation to like enter the home is the whole thing. Yeah. So I I think even though you're right that the mayor could be just trying to screw them, I don't think rezoning would take away the ability. Yeah, but it's a funny thought though. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Also, that poor town. Also, that's probably why the the army hasn't been called in. If the mayor yeah. is the the demon, right? Or yeah, demon. yeah, he's probably just he's probably sending bullshit statistics back to who yeah. knows what. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean there is a real thing of once you traumatize a population, uh like the shock and awe thing is real, right? Like you you traumatize a population enough that they are just surviving and they can't really think about organizing. So if this poor town is just dealing with like nightly deaths, they probably don't have it in them to do anything other than survive. So he probably doesn't have any like opposition. That's true. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. It'll be fine. It's a, it's a real bleak. The more you you drill down into the details of this. Yeah. <laughs> no, the more it's just like, wow, this place is really fucked. We, yeah. we skipped over the one important thing is, which is the bronze, which is very different in this universe. Yes. The bronze is the, the bronze is the headquarters of the vampires. And mm -hmm. you got like, so you've still got like cage, the dancing humans in cages, but they're not dead. They're not the fun humans in bars where they're dancing cages. They just get like eaten. Yes, and like, they're just, they're just cowering and yeah, they still have pool tables, but there's humans laying on the pool tables ready to be eaten. And they're just yeah. like, aggressive techno punctuated by screams um it's very goth yeah yeah I, like i, I don't very, know like I, biker gang goth i don't know if i'd be into i don't know if i'd be like yeah i mean i guess Wait, vampires the, are into techno why not the it's, thing about the vampires though is that it was an interesting like i understand why they had to do it they had to show that like you know these were the dark versions of people but i would assume that not every vampire is 
like either in a biker gang or goth you know like there's probably vampires like if there are vampires then they would have different tastes in fashion <laughs> but at yeah. the bronze they all kind of they're all the like, same yeah like it's a yeah. lot of leather i just i feel like maybe some vampires wouldn't be into leather you know yeah, maybe some would, you know, like, especially the older ones would, like, go back to sort of their fashion of, like, you know, they'd be sporting, like, 50s fashion or 40s fashion or, like, stovepipe yeah. hats or whatever. Where's the capes, man? Where yeah. are the capes? Where are all the capes? Where's the, like, and where's the one who's just, like, an anachronism? He's like, nah, it's still what I want. He's just, like, sporting a t-shirt and jeans. He's like, eh, no, <laughs> it's comfortable. What's with all the fucking <laughs> leather, you know? Like, it doesn't breathe at all. Like, come on, guys, really. Like a Hawaiian print t-shirt, like a super yeah, bright right? colored t-shirt. <laughs> exactly, you know, like, Hawaiian print and shorts and, like, a big stupid hat. And he's like, whatever, I wear what I want. Like, who are you? Yeah. Um... And uh, Angel's being kept at the bronze, too. And yeah, we get and... we get a scene of Willow being a, I don't know, a sadist? A masochist? Sadist. Masochist a, a... is the one. Masochist is someone who enjoys pain. Sadist is someone who enjoys dealing out pain. I mean, I so... feel like she's probably both. But, I, yes, in this scene, it's more sadist. In this, she's definitely more sadist. Absolutely. Yeah. She's also kind of a dom. Like that let's let's be real. She's it's kind of dominatrixy. She's the D and the S in the BDSM setup right yeah. at the moment. Yes. Yeah. And she's and she enjoys the hell out of it, clearly. Like And she's, and Xander Xander just wants to watch. I mean, fair enough, you know, like she's clearly much more fun than he is, so he'll just sit back yeah. and uh, take a look. As, I, I yeah. did I did love that that line though when he's just stroking the like door of the 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 cage and he's yeah. like I just I just want to watch. Yeah, it's like okay, and yeah, she's she what she she's lighting matches and dropping them on him, right? Yeah. she's straddling Angel and then dropping lit matches on his chest. Yeah, which uh, I don't. It just in case that we have to tell the listeners, don't try that at home. That's no. uh, yeah. Seems painful. Yeah. I know at least one of you is like, hmm, could be fun. No, not lit matches. Don't try that at home. Just I think uh, I think if you wanna if you wanna do that, like if you need to do that, if you have that urge, do do wax. Like yeah, light exactly. a candle and then drift some wax. Cause yeah, like much better. It's won't be quite as damaging, I don't think. No. No. Unless the wax is really height hot, not height hot. I don't know. Don't I'm not saying I know anything about this, listeners, but don't go with beeswax. The burning point is too high. There's particular ones, and always go for white because color dyes in a way, in a candle will make the burning point higher, and it makes the temperature too hot. Always go for plain white. Not oh. that I know anything about that at all, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fun facts. <laughs> I mean, useful educational facts. Exactly. You know, <laughs> we're, we're we're full of education around here, so. Yeah, back to, and so, yeah, Cordelia's dead, which, again, I thought the whole episode was going to follow Cordelia. It very much took me by surprise that she gets, yeah. that she dies. Like, that's quite something. I think that's the point where, where you realize, like, they're really trying to hammer home that this is, like, the dark universe and anyone, anyone yeah. and everyone can die. Yeah. And so Giles makes it out, and before they they burn, again, they take Cordelia's body to the incinerator, which is another thing that most schools don't come standard issue with, like yeah. <laughs> sort of a body incinerator. But I mean, okay, fair enough. Giles sort of notices the Anya's necklace and takes it off of her, and also very importantly, makes some calls to try and get Buffy to come to Sunnydale. Yeah, 
which begs the question, why hadn't he done that before? But anyhow. Yeah, uh, sure. It just it just feels like too many people in Sunnydale were like, we're waiting for Buffy, but she hasn't arrived yet. And no yeah. one was like, maybe we should call. Maybe we should give her a shout. Yeah, maybe we should just maybe, call her up. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should see what's happening. Apparently Cleveland was really, is really in uh yeah well it's it's that giles is never her watcher right that's the idea she yeah. has some other watcher and he calls her watcher and yeah who and she's in cleveland <laughs> yeah cleveland the notorious home of the notorious home of uh, vampires yeah. cleveland so buffy i mean not to jump around a little bit and we can go yeah. back to anya's necklace but buffy yeah. is Buffy is is a different dark. Yeah, Buffy so Bu- well. Buffy, yeah, Buffy shows up and Buffy is clearly badass. She's got multiple she's been scars. Some shit. Yeah, yeah, she's been she, through some shit. She's seen some. Now, okay, again, this episode raised a lot of questions. So, Buffy has been through some serious shit, right? She's never gone yeah. to Sunnydale. She's been through some serious shit. So presumably, that means in our prime like Buffy the Vampire Slayer universe, all that shit that she has been through in that other one happened without her being there because she was in Sunnydale. So what the fuck is going wrong in the rest of the world if she's here in Sunnydale? Like, because clearly there's some seriously gnarly stuff happening. I think think it's two things. I think that it's that she went through some, in the dark universe, she went through some, some shit, but they're also saying like, in the in the normal universe or in the good universe her friendship with willow and xander helps keep her grounded and helps like lessen the damage from yeah. all of the serious stuff that she goes through i think that's like it's the the power of of their friendship yeah. the other thing too is that if you remember a lot of the big bads come to sunnydale because they want to take on the the slayer like there's a lot of people that she fights in sunnydale that's who are true. there because they want to kill the slayer so i feel like while you're right that it points out that clearly there's just like really awful shit and like maybe the world needs more than one vampire slayer yeah also like like there's vampire slayers in other parts of the world in like other generations but like if the the vampire slayer is a 16 year old girl in america like yeah what happens if there's some seriously gnarly shit in china like she can't just like fly no exactly well and or even worse back in the day like before airplanes were invented like well what do we do now that like what if so the 16th this the the slayer the the slayer dies the next slayer rises and it's like a village girl in fucking nepal now she's got to climb all the way down mount everest just to get to anywhere where there's any vampires like this is an inefficient system clearly they need more than one for sure but I do think that the point is that, like, the, there are big bads that are drawn to the Vampire Slayer, like, wherever she is. Yeah, well, they fight her and, like, for the honor of killing her and et cetera, et cetera. Right from season two, like, Spike and Drusilla are there because she's there. Like, yeah. because well, she's there like, and, Angel, and Angel's there. There's also the, the hunt. There's also the hunt at one of her homecoming dances where her and Cordelia get, like, hunted by... Because, like, there's vampires that set up, like, a betting thing, and they all hunt them because they want to be the one that kills the vampire slayer. Yeah. There's Harmony tries to kill her when she's a vampire later on. There's a bunch of other vampires who come to town. Like, there's just, like, a lot of... Yeah. Like, a lot of the motivations of the big bads are, like, the... the because she's she there. Yeah. And there's also, like, the Hellmouth, too. So I don't know if maybe in that dark universe the Hellmouth ended up being somewhere else. I don't know. You know, there's there's a lot of, like, 
No, it wouldn't have been because the master wouldn't have arisen if it wasn't for that. Like, that's why he was there. there. But is there only one Hellmouth? I mean, I think it's implied that maybe there is more than one possible. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they didn't get this this deep into the details of the the world. No, and only, fair enough. A single episode. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, can't, I yeah, I wouldn't expect them to, obviously. Yeah. But um, so Anya's necklace. Giles notices yeah. Giles notices Anya's necklace and then finds. Yeah, Anya he starts researching it and finds Anya yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, Buffy is it. Buffy is very different, both physically, but also like. Her attitude's very different. Buffy doesn't give a fuck about Giles telling her about sp- the spells and this and the other. She's like, okay, so there's a demon? Fine, I'll go kill the demon. And yeah. he's like, well, no, it's not that simple. Like, the master's here and he's going to do something ridiculous. She's like, oh, well, I'll go kill that guy. And she's like, no, no. And Giles' like, no, it's, it's not that simple. Like, you can't just go kill that guy. And she's like, yeah, yeah I'll go kill him. Fine. And she just fucks off. And he's like, well, well that was I think- pointless. She's also really darkly says, like, well, we all fight and we all die. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. She was like, you, like, you can dream of a better world, but I live in this one. Yeah, and we're all going to die, so I'm just going to go and kill that guy right now. It's like, well, yeah. okay. She discovers Angel, too, which uh, I forgot how much I disliked the whimpering pathetic angel <laughs> yeah yeah he's a he's a yeah he's not the most fun character but yeah i like it, but he can fit you know he's like oh i was here to help you and she's like yeah yeah whatever son like sure keep keep crying but and she she decides to open it up and then she realizes he's a vampire she's like no fuck you but um i like that her sort of her rationale she goes with the sort of the classic like enemy of my enemy is my friend decision where it's like yeah. clearly they're not fans of his so she's like all right fine I'll, I'll let you out for just that reason if nothing else yeah. uh and they go to attack the factory of the master which uh which gets really the messed up is super dark yeah yeah it's gets super re- disturbing gets really messed up like it's just yeah we were just basically an industrial an industrial blood extraction um point and yeah. uh, he's uh, he's doing sort of a red tape, a red ribbon opening of it. It's a whole big like, big like mall opening, but for a fucking industrial murder machine, which is great. Yeah. Like mass mass production, man. Um, yeah. Or what's what's the word that he, he uses a term, but I forget which one it was. But isn't there a? No, he. I think a, it's mass. I think it's mass production. Is it mass production? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Isn't there a, another vampire? movie or tv show or series that blade uh, blade does is that the one that i'm thinking of where they Bla- have the, the same thing the first blade i think the whole idea is that they're going to do the. Is, i think the idea is that they actually do that they have that kind of thing already set up or something is like there's another i think there's another one that i that i remember that came out where the idea was that the vampires already won and they were farming humans for blood. And so then the society was the vampire society. And then there was like a, a disease or something that was like, I just, I, I, I can't tell you anything more than that. I remember seeing some like ad for it. Yeah, like it, maybe it, like day, daybreakers. I don't know. There is something. There's another, there's not blade. It's something hold else. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up. That's it. The film takes place in a futuristic world overrun by vampires, sent around the vampire corporation, which sets out to capture and farm the remaining humans while researching a uh, substitute for human blood. 100%, that's the movie you're thinking of. Yeah. Wow. 
I didn't. That's impressive. I didn't. No, I've never watched it. I don't know why I know that name. But anyways, so the, I mean, this is clearly like a, not the first time that this idea of like painting humans as farm animals for vampires and how disturbing that no. is. It's not a, although, although first that, well, this film came out, that film was in 2009. So the Buffy like preempted it by quite a bit. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, technology. I mean, I'm just thinking of like the old school vampire like stories, and there is like a technological limitation when you're talking about like well, there's 19th century vampires. So okay, there. I don't. Have you ever read any Terry Pratchett? Maybe. There's maybe, but not a lot. There's Discworld, and there's um, and essentially, yeah, one of his Discworld stories is the vampires decide to take over. They 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 modernize themselves. And they've decided to take over and they sort of come up with like farms type of thing of like, uh, you know, people, they don't kill the humans, but they keep them and they like line them up and they drink as much as they need. And then they come back and they do it again and again. And yeah. And the humans are basically like farm animals and sort of the realization they come to is that the humans rebel and they, the humans help the old school Dracula come back into power because they're like, eh. and, and all the sort of new style vampires, like, but he's a monster. Like, what are you talking about? He goes and like, Oh, come on. I mean, how bad was he? Like every now and then he'd steal away a girl and like, uh, he'd drink her blood a bit and then she'd come back. She'd be fine. And it's like, and, and they're all like, Oh, hello, sir. To the old Dracula. It's like, how are you? It's like, Oh, you know, yeah. Simmons, of course, your grandfather stuck a stake into me a hundred years ago. How are you? Nice to see you. Like, <laughs> that the whole relationship is completely different. Like the dehumanization of the mass production yeah. takes something away from like the old school style vampire that wasn't like that bad in the end of things. Well, and, the, the old school vampire also was a lot to do about like taboo and seduction and sometimes about like female pleasure, depending on what story and, yeah. um, and, and also the like, also depending like i'm thinking about dracula at this point it, it is about yeah. female pleasure but it's also about like the threat to female virginity within the patriarchal society and what that means and etc 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 yeah but so yeah the old school vampires was a lot about it's more there's more seduction to the killing yeah versus if you just like lay a lady down and stick some some tubes in her and drain her blood like yeah that's episode. just that's no fun that's you no know? fun no yeah Although he does drink out of a wine glass, so he's still yeah. keeping it classy. I mean, the master is a classy motherfucker. Say whatever else yeah. about him, but he's like he get he gets the idea of classiness. So Buffy and Angel show up. They break out the prisoners, and there's a big old fight. Uh, Where it's just like characters dropping like flies, dropping like flies. flies. Buffy, uh, one after the other, kill. Buffy kills uh, Willow, Xander, and Willow. Um, Oz uh -huh. gets killed by a vampire and then uh, in the end the master fulfills the prophecy again and yeah. he kills Buffy he breaks her neck he takes her out but at the same time just at that moment right after yeah. she's killed by the master in a separate yeah. location Giles is fighting Anya and he kills her well he, he crushes her power source. Yeah, Giles has summoned Anya, and Anya's like, you know, I'm not changing this world. This world is awesome. Like, I didn't realize how badass it would be when I created it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you do anything, Giles. But yeah, Giles spots that the necklace is the thing, snaps it off, destroys it. And uh, yeah, 
what is it? Anya said something like, you know, like you don't know if their world's any better. And Giles like, it couldn't be any fucking worse. And then yeah. that's it smashes it and everything goes back. But this whole, the sort of the whole time as it, it's, it's a nice, how they, it's a nice way how they intercut it. Like the whole, the Anya and Giles are having this whole discussion and the whole time they intercut it with the fight as like, yeah, all of our characters get killed. Various yeah. thorns get and ends it with yeah the master winning it's an, killing it's buffy an, it's an interesting question though to pose of <sighs> like if you are in a universe that you think is terrible and you have the opportunity to go to a universe that you know nothing about how do you know that it'll be better you know and it's it, it's it's a it's a rather poignant like emotionally heavy moment in that episode you know we are watching all of our characters die and i mean it also i mean the actor who plays Giles is just really talented. Yeah, I mean, well. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Stewart has really, really good, and, and 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 he's right. I think his point is right. It's like you know, yeah, how much worse could it possibly be? Like, well, but I mean, though, I think if two two thousand twenty has taught us anything, is that it can always be worse. I mean, correct. He didn't really know, but I, like, I think. You could say that this is the lowest point and yeah. then there will be murder hornets. I, so. I, I think at least in a certain point, Giles is going off of Cordelia's cluelessness on how terrible the world is as like yes. something to go on on what the baseline of where she came from is, right? Well, also it, probably it is a bit of, of him being a watcher and knowing what Buffy could have done if she had been here and the idea that she was here the whole time and that's probably all factoring in as well. But it, like yeah. just as a standalone like conversation between two characters, it was like an interesting philosophical question, you know, mm -hmm. of, of there, there's no way to know. Yeah, there's no real way to know. And then we get to one of my favorite scenes where we get to see some of Anya's personality coming out. Yeah, her uh, character sort of starts here, really. We, we flash back to the moment that Cordelia made her wish Mm. and Anya turns around in the original like at the start of the episode and her face is all demonic and she said like Gr what did she say granted or, like, I think done, done. Yeah. done. Yeah. yeah and then in this one Cordelia makes a wish and Anya says done nothing happens and then Cordelia yeah. just continues to make more ridiculous wishes and she keeps she tries them again for a couple she's like done done and just nothing happens she's like well shit yeah <laughs> And Cordelia is just oblivious and, and wandering off and wishing that, I think she wishes that Willow will wake up with covered in monkey hair. Yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting choice. Very specific hair. Like, you could have <laughs> just said hair, but... No, uh, monkey hair. Yeah, monkey hair. Also, though, it, it wasn't clear, like, like, growing off of her or just, like, in a pile of monkey hair. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if I had to guess the intention, probably growing off of her. Sure, but, uh, sure. But I think the the whole point of what we learn about Anya later on is that it's not about the intention, it's about what you say. <laughs> right? Because later on, when she becomes a demon again at the end, like very late in, in, in this series, um, like after Xander breaks her heart, she becomes a, the demon again. Yeah. She gets very creative with people's wishes because she's trying to impress her her bosses. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She's uh, gets to be much more interesting. But yeah, and yeah. it's so it's a it's a fun episode. It's very yeah. Everybody dies. It's really messed up. And then, um, yeah. curiously, 
later on, they summon demon. Well, they summon vampire Willow, who dies in this episode, back to their world. So, it's it's uh, I, I'm not sure. Maybe like sort of when it, well, when uh, Giles breaks it, it resets the world back to like it was before Cordelia got there. I'm not I'm not sure how that what the implication yeah. of that is. So I think though it, it resets to when the wish was made. So they, there is a bit of time. And I actually watched the Doppelganger episode or Doppelgangland yeah. episode after I watched The Wish. Mm-hmm. And so what happens in that one is that they do a spell for the last time that Anya saw the necklace. Yeah. So it is a little bit about time as well. Okay, as space. of a time space change. And then at, at the end of the Doppelganger or Doppelgangland episode, we see Vampire Willow go back to her world in time to be killed in the fight scene that we saw okay i'd forgotten and she's that. and then she kind of is like are you kidding me before she dies yeah which is great but so it, so it's a little bit of like time and space and universe it's you know it's all yeah 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 but yes we i mean this is this is an iconic episode because vampire willow in a way that Vampire Xander is not, Vampire Willow yeah. is pretty iconic. Yeah, they, what, the, I mean, there's a reason that they in the 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 doppelgang episode they bring Vampire Willow and not Vampire Xander. Yeah. Like, you know. But also, it's... I think that that uh, Allison Hannigan is that her last name? Yes. She she shows her chops too. So I mean. There's two things about Vampire Willow in this episode that are that stand out, and it's that. Yeah she's really good at playing at being evil yep and that she's really good at being really sexually fluid yeah <laughs> and those are two and, things that later on real willow they do both things with that character right yeah like she, comes she becomes out, a bad guy and she becomes she comes out as uh yeah yeah so i think i think that's i mean they, I think they took this one episode and then used it for for Willow as a character. Yeah, you gotta wonder if they decided to make her character go that direction because of this episode, or if they'd already always known that's where they wanted to go with her. You know, I suspect. I mean, I, I suspect they were always gonna make her powerful with the Willow, like or with the witchcraft thing. But I yeah. think I suspect this is early enough on that it was really one of those things where they write this episode and they're like, be bad. Yeah, and then she kind of she's like really good at it, and they're like, "Oh, we got to use that more often." Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think that's what happens, right? Yeah, they they let these characters do these things, and they're like, "Oh, we should do a whole you know whole line like a a storyline." Yeah, and so and they did that with both, like be bad, and they're like, "Wow, she's really bad to do that," and they're like, "Be sexually fluid," and they're like, "She was really good at that." They're like, "Oh, well, clearly we got to do that too." Do you think that they told her that, or do you think that she like she just? I'll bet. I'll bet they probably didn't tell her that. If I had to guess, that's exactly the kind of thing that like the actor will be like, well, that the actor's gonna come out with for herself. It's gonna be like, yeah, okay. They clearly wanted to sexualize her in a way that that you know normal yeah. universe willow is not sexual at this point yeah or it's not sexualized i guess because she is i mean she's she's dating oz but she's not sexualized so i think that that's no. probably the instruction that they gave and then it just became which to be fair like we said before if you're alive for forever 
I bet you, like, strict sexuality lines become rather inconsequential, right? Oh, yeah, like... I'm sure. I mean, I mean, all the all the older vampires we know to a certain extent are like that to a greater or lesser extent. Like, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, most most characters that live forever are bisexual or, like, fluid in a way that they don't, like, live in a rigid box. Yeah. You know? Like, across most across most fantasy and, and sci-fi series, that's, like, a common thread. Anyone who lives forever or is, like, or as the case with, like, Hugh, all-powerful, anything like that, they very quickly mm -hmm. sort of are like, yeah, of course. You know, we of course we just sort of go with whatever. She does have Q vibes. I just am realizing this. Yeah. Like, Vampire Willow does have a little bit of Q vibes. Yeah, there's yeah. a bit of that going on there for sure. I think this just means that we really appreciate that kind of character. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of, like, playful trickster, no boundaries, no lines, no limitations. Yeah, just do what you want. I mean, Willow is definitely more murderous than Q, but uh, that's sure. a about the only difference but i mean that's really like part of her what she is as a vampire yeah that's just the of course she's murderous that's what vampires do that's what they are yeah yeah i think you're right that sort of the the central philosophy of this whole episode goes down to that question and you asked giles of like well you know how do you know nobody knows yeah well, I mean, it's true, right? If you if you only know one universe and you get the chance to go into another universe, it could be better. It could be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. There's no way to know if you're living in the dark universe. Keep that in mind for life, guys. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, ponder that as you sit inside due to the plague and contemplate, yeah. you know, the next American Civil War. Just, uh, you know, think about that. On that cheerful note. <laughs> well... Thanks for joining me again, Alexa. Thanks for having me. I mean, anytime you want to talk about Buffy. It's, yeah, well, uh, I, th I think we'll have to do more. I, I, I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed this show. Buffy it's, is so good. Yeah, it's great. So good. And it stands the test of time so well. Like, there's so many, there's so many shows that don't do well as mm -hmm. you watch later. But I've done many, many, many watch-throughs of Buffy. <laughs> Um, probably you could say too many at this point, but uh, every <laughs> yeah. time I go through it, it's it, the characters stand up, the things that they talk about stand up, they handle things pretty well. I mean, some of the stuff in early seasons of Xander is a little bit hard to take as you watch yeah. later on, but that's about it. And like, compare that to some of the other shows that I've done watch throughs of that I will not name. <laughs> This one is much better at standing mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So, listen, anytime you want to talk about, about Buffy, I'll come. We're there. Oh, yeah. Or Angel, so, man. Yeah, Angel oh, as well, right? That... Angel, Angel was good, but it was... Angel went a, a bit crazy. It was yeah. like it was... <laughs> I'm remembering some of the later seasons of that show. It went a bit batshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it got a little bit hard to follow. And... Yeah, I mean, so did Buffy, to be fair. But Buffy's was more of like, here's a story, here's a TV show about uh, high school students, and now and, she's not in high school. Yeah, and so, you know, just deal with that. Whereas Angel was like, they're lawyers, but they're not lawyers, but there's like, it should do it. It's like, okay, yeah, you know what? Fine, we'll go with that. Uh, 
Yeah, and and there was like vampire pregnancy, and then there was like other demon pregnancies, and the demon like aged really quickly, and there were demon universes, and yeah, like Cordelia ascended. I just there was so much. Yeah, there was a lot. (laughs) We won't go into all that now. So, but be prepared, listeners, because we will at some point. Absolutely. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Um, and yeah, hope you all uh, hope you all ponder the idea that it could always be worse in the alternate universe. So keep that in mind. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, please uh, head on over and uh, to uh, ratethispodcast.com and uh, just give us a rating. I'd prefer it if it was a good one. But, you know, you guys do, again, as I said before, you do whatever you feel you need to do. And uh, you can join us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at uh, RocketmanTFGC. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Alexa. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this episode is our season finale of Rocketman Explorers Alternate Universes. Uh, If you're looking for some other podcasts to keep you busy during this pandemic, you can check out the predecessor of Rocketman Explorers, Boldly Boinking, or... If you want to switch it up completely, check out Smark and Friends, another TFGC podcast all about wrestling, hosted by my dear friend and indeed best man, Zach. Smark and Friends alternate through different formats on a weekly basis, from discussions with actual wrestlers, watch-alongs with the uninitiated, and Zach even put together a trivia show. You should really go check it out. He's uh, probably, not probably, he's much better at his job than I am. Uh, He does it very, very well. So please, yeah, go check it out. Thank you all very much, and stay tuned for Season 2 of Rocketman Explorers. Theme unknown, but incoming. Thank you very much, guys. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.